Caution, learning in progress. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and I'm joined as I have been for the last four or five weeks by Hans Stetsman. Good morning. Good morning, Tyler. So if you have not been listening to the spring updates style of Smarter Every Season, I, the host, am going to ping some things off of the expert. Yeah, I said it. The expert. I, I don't know about that. The expert, okay. Hans Stutzman, uh, about some of the things that are generating phone calls from the field, um, some fixes, some things to be aware of that we just generally want to pass along to the dealer network. Hans, you ready to jump in? I am. Let's go. Let's do this thing. We got a handful of bullet points. We're going to start with... Smart firmer expectations, and I think it's just kind of a, a general statement of what to expect, if you will, to know metrics are working. Is that is that fair? That's probably the best way to say it, yeah. And it's more of just the context. I mean, if you're just sticking a smart firmer in the ground and expecting it to give you an accurate reading, they're set up to run moving through the field. That's where they're calibrated. That's their process. So the best way to, to fully test the system is to have the planner lowered, have the system reading everything, and actually being ran across the ground. Um, if you just put it in the ground or have it sticking in the air, um, that's a good chance it's probably not going to give you the most accurate reading. So let's put jump. It, put it in the ground and let it run. Yep, agreed. Let's jump to flow meters. There's a call out that we want to make on flow meters and specifically flow meter harnessing. Yes, and this is referring to the planner-wide flow meter. This is the bigger one that we used with the Roflow Liquid years ago. The MicroTrack. The MicroTrack flow meter. Um, when you are putting that flow meter on an SRM-based system, um, whether that's a Gen 2 or Gen 3, you need to have a Rev 6 or newer on the flow meter harness. That's the part number of the 727303. That needs to be a Rev 6 or newer harness. Um, so if you pulled and had a Roflow system from a couple of years ago and you pulled it off and it's been sitting on the shelf and somebody wants to put this on, that's fine. Just make sure that harness is new. The flow meter is still good, but the, the harness itself needs to be a Rev 6 or newer. Yeah, good. This is coming up, I feel like, a little more frequently with V-Apply Base. Yeah, it's systems. coming back in again. We had a we had a yeah. big slug of it when we went to SRM systems the first couple of years, and now it's coming back around with V-Apply Base. So that 303 harness is a three-pin that plugs into the flow, flow meter, meter. Yep. to six-pin into the SRM. Correct. The six-pin connection is what has the Rev number on it. Yes. So, yep. okay, perfect. Um, just kind of a, a mapping reminder, if you will, that our components will work with just radar speed input. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you have GPS and radar plugged in together and all of a sudden the map disappears but you're still planting, that's because we switched to radar. So we use that radar as a backup. So when, when GPS does go out or you lose GPS, you're going to continue to plant, but the map's going to disappear. We had a couple of cases of this come up there in the past week. So. So that And that phone call looks like, hey, everything is working, but I'm not building a map. It sounds like a software problem. Is what it, like The idea comes across that it's a software problem. I just lost the map. Yeah. Right. In reality, most of the time when we get that call, GPS has been lost. Yes. We've lost signal in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Yeah. So the, the takeaway here is when you get that call, the first place that we go, we're going to check our GPS Correct. input. Yeah. Yep. It saves a lot of time if we go there first. Anytime you hear questions about a map, the first thing to look for is a GPS. That's a good point. <clears throat> and, and overall GPS health. Yes. Uh, yep. Baud rate 38.4. Now, we're compatible with a couple of others, but yep. I'm kind of passing on my experience a little bit there. Yes. That's That seems to be the best user experience at 38.4. Yep. And then 5 hertz on, on NEMA strings. All NEMA strings. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Hans, the last thing that we kind of want to jump into is swathing, uh, specifically probably around V-Drive swath, and just kind of a few things to be aware of or be conscientious of in the swath control plan. Yeah, so both systems, I believe this is true for Gen 3. I know Gen 2 is this way. We default to all aspects of your swath plan is turned on. So that means that we're going to swath to field boundaries, your exterior field boundaries. We're going to swath to interior field boundaries. If you have a simulated headland created, we would use that. And we're going to swath to map coverage. Um, a lot of systems, if you are just setting up a test field or playing around in a lot and you have a, a field active, if you have all those active those are all turned on. You probably won't plant until you turn the swath control switch off. Um, and so that's one of the things that we can kind of get caught with early in the spring is, guys, I can't get anything to plant. We'll turn your swath control switch off because that's you're outside of a boundary. We're controlling to a boundary. Um, so if we don't have a boundary assigned, we technically shouldn't control to anything that's assigned there. But generally, if you don't have a boundary assigned to something, I tell everyone, turn all the things off that you're not actually controlling to because there's no reason to have them turned on if you're not actually controlling to that. So um, go ahead and turn them off. On the Gen 2, off is a line crossed through the line, through the through the item. So, yes. Um, yes. Good so point. we would have a line crossed through it. It grays out in the background. If it's a bold white color, that means it's active. And on the Gen 2, always make sure you save the control plan. So you'll pop up. It'll be in the middle of the screen. You'll make your changes to it. There'll be a save control plan on the right-hand side. Make sure you save it. Until you save it, it's not actively set that way. On the Gen 3, the teal bluish color, the the, the highlight color, that's active. Mm-hmm. Whereas the gray background, lighter color, that's deactivated. So when you, if you're trying to control the map coverage only, you should have that one teal or bluish color and highlighted. And there were, all the others should be grayed out. I think that's something, too, that I've gotten caught not double-checking. Because someone will tell me, no, no, it's it's active, it's active. But then when you go in a Gen 3 to the swath control plan, it's actually that the box is gray and not teal. Yeah. But coming from a Gen 2, it kind of looks gray with white letters. Those look very similar. Yep. Uh, and yep. so I think that there's an, I, there's an idea that gray equals active. It, it, just keep in mind that on a Gen 3, it's good to confirm now, when it's you say teal. map coverage is active, what yeah. color is that box? What color is it? It should be a highlighted color. Yeah. So, yep. um, so work through a couple of those just to make sure. That's just a good good uh, practice. If anyone complains about it's not swathing the way I want to or it's not swathing, it's not letting me plan at all, go to the control plan and make sure your control plan is set correctly. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Okay. Let's jump into something we're seeing with the Delta Force health check. Uh, on a Gen 3, and this has affected both the air purge test and the advanced applied force test. Yeah, this is so, sometimes we've seen a couple of these cases where guys are getting a, instead of actually starting the health check, they're all set up, they hit the autoload switches um, to run the health check, and they're actually getting a pop-up that says um, autoloading meters. Um, There's two things that we would recommend for these guys that if you see this pop-up, one is get GPS to the 2020. Um, not just uh, I got five hertz on the signal, actually get a latitude-longitude number um, in the 2020 and actually give it a solid GPS where it actually knows where it's at. Um, that has been helping with this issue. The other one is the um, is the power cycle to display. So restart the display within the display setup screen is a good option to go through and actually restart the display itself, and that seems to, to make a difference as well. Setup, systems, display, advanced setup. And then restart display. Yes. Yeah. You want to say repeat that again to make sure we get it right? Setup. I can remember what I said now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> setup, systems, display, advanced setup, restart display. Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Very good. 
And I, I would say that's something too that um, we, if you get to trying one of those two things and you're still seeing the auto load meters, give us a buzz. Yep. Let us know what's going on if that's the case. But those are the first two things we are going to tell you to do. Yeah. Um, those are the two things that we've had good success with. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Final one here, Hans, is that we do get calls around the pop-up on the iPad that the, uh, I think it's FieldView has received invalid serial number from DBM. See that or serial number isn't valid, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing f- a little yep. bit there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, from the DBM. And what we've seen with this, um, we, we believe there is something there, um, but we have a workaround for this, and that is to unplug the iPad, unpair the FieldView account in the FEM. So if you go to Setup, Diagnose, FEM, there's an unpair FieldView account. So with the iPad disconnected, unpair the FieldView account in, the, in 2020. Hard reset the iPad. That's not just a power off. That's a press and hold the power button and the home button until it powers off. If you have one that doesn't have the power but the home button, it's volume up, volume down, press and hold the, the power button until it powers off. Basically hold the power button until you see the Apple logo appear again. That is a hard reset on the iPad. Um, once it comes back up again, plug everything back in again, um, and we should, uh, and it should start connecting again. I think it's worth saying too that we we believe this to be on our side. We do. We think this is a, there is something in our software that we we think we can we can make changes to this in the future. But so. uh, yeah, but this has been a, a good workaround that has yep. generally worked. Yep. Yeah. So okay, very good, uh, Hans. That's all I have. Is there anything else that you want to jump in and add? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we're we're getting into. Heavy spring, guys are running. We're getting a lot of Midwest planners running. So for those of you that aren't in the Midwest, you guys have been running for probably in the South. You've been running for a while. But um, we're finally getting the Midwest guys start to roll. Yeah, I'm finally at a point where I'm hearing buzz. There's buzz going about, well, maybe this day, maybe this day. So, yeah, good deal. Well, I think that's all that I have today. So on behalf of Hans Stutzman, I want to thank everybody for listening. My name is Tyler Hubert, and as always, have a safe and happy spring.